0: Welcome to Living Legacies, a podcast that celebrates the voices and stories of individuals around the Pacific Northwest, produced by Northwest Folklife and Jack Straw Cultural Center. In celebration of 50 years of Northwest Folklife, the Living Legacies series honors local culture bearers who inspire and perpetuate arts, culture, and traditions. Here is your host, Kelly Ferriar, Executive Artistic Director at Northwest Folklife. Today, we'll be speaking with Maurice Rahman, master artist of the Egyptian Oud. Maurice began playing music at age six in Alexandria, and by the time he was 12, he was performing publicly. His musical studies took him from the University of Egypt to Milan, Italy. Since coming to Seattle in 1983, Maurice has continued his music, both playing and teaching classical Egyptian songs, as well as composing original music. I spoke with him and his son George, who helped with the translation.
1: Maurice I have the
0: honor...
1: My name is Maurice Roman. I would like to say thank you for choosing me for this. I am very happy and delighted to be part of the folk life. These are happy days for me and for all the international cultures that you include in folk life. So, I have been in Seattle for 38 years. I was born in Egypt. I started when I was four years old, listening to my neighbor playing the oud. And finally, he um, invited me to his house and I started singing with him. I had a nice voice. And I was singing for famous singers in Egypt, and then I fell in love with the oud, so I asked him if I can buy an oud, and he sold me one. And my father was actually surprised to see me singing and playing in front of our house when people came to sing the gospel as a choral in front of our house. Then, my father sent me to a French school. At the French school, I discovered that I could play the organ. So, this was a big development in my life. I was still seven, and I was playing in big parties. I started performing. And then, a Russian musician heard about me. He's big and rich they took me to his house. And at his house, I discovered that he was playing the accordion, playing a lot of classic music. So I asked if I can buy an accordion. So my father bought me one, and then I was playing, besides the oud, I started playing the accordion. The big surprise came when my father said, I'm gonna send you to a a professor in Italy, in Milano where I actually studied the scale, finally, and the real music. I became a real musician, where I started playing Italian music, classical, like the Barber of Seville. And then I felt like I was living in an environment where torn between the East and the West. I started in Upper Egypt, and then Alexandria, then Europe, and then to the U.S. Um, President Nixon came to Alexandria in the U.S. Embassy. I performed there, and he invited me to the U.S. And when I came, he sent me a letter to welcome me in the United States. I said happy to greet you here, along with the Egyptian minister, Mamdouh Salim, who also greeted me here with my family and my kids. I went through so much, and you can call it miracles, impossible things. I love the US. This country has been good to me. They wrote about me in the newspaper, in the radio stations where we played many times our music with my kids, as a, our own band, and we call it MB Orchestra, with Baha, Majda, Georges, and Mervet.
0: When we think about legacies, what is the legacy that Maurice would like to leave?
1: I really wanted the people to know the music of Egypt, and I want them to know about the Suez Canal and everything that happened 7,000 years ago. In fact, the Suez Canal was an idea of the pharaohs, not a contemporary idea. They had that idea even then to dig the channel between the Red Sea and the Mediterranean Sea. As far as the music, Abdel Wahab, the great composer, uh, he was able to mix the Arabic music with the world music. It's a mixed composition. I wanted the people to know this. I want the people to see the value and how rich our Egyptian music Today, they teach it in institutions, uh, in schools, in colleges. Uh, they teach the the pharaoh music, the old music. It's a great music, and we're lucky to have it now being taught at some of these colleges. It exists inside the Coptic Orthodox Church, and I'm very proud of it. It's still in the Coptic Church. It's preserved in the church, and originally Saint Mark, he was the one to uh, preserve it. He put the music and is still alive today in the church. Uh, This is the truth and I know it. In folk life, I made sure that I play pieces of those pharaoh music. And every culture has its own tradition And uh, I just want to make sure they pay the same attention to ours, which is the pharaoh's culture. I don't want it to be denied. We have music that was created many years ago by the pharaohs, and it's a great thing. Now we have scientists who study things that was done by the pharaohs. analyze and translate and try to understand how they preserved the bodies and the mummies, but also they now understand that music was created even then. Before I came here, I visited all these places, cities that was built underground and dug up now. We know it was all built by the pharaohs. So I want the people to know how rich the country is from that culture. So, I would like to make sure that this is a well-known fact and I would like to thank all the people, the Folklife, the Art Commission, and uh, all the people who valued my contribution. They all know that Maurice is the one who knows about this Musiqa Furaniya, uh, the Coptic orthodox music. Nobody knows in the world about it, and I would like for everybody to know it. And why not? It's still alive after seven thousand years, and I'm ready and willing any time to answer any question about this subject.
0: It's folk life
1: the awesome she I always believed it was more of a celebration. It's a festival. Hundreds and hundreds of people, they come from all different cultures and places, Middle Eastern, African, European. It's just a huge cultural event where music and art gets to their heart.
0: The Living Legacies series is produced by Northwest Folklife and Jack Straw Cultural Center. This podcast was made possible by the National Endowment for the Arts, Seattle Office of Arts and Culture, For Culture, and Individual Contributors, with support from Jack Straw Cultural Center. To learn more, go to nwfolklife.org. Special thanks to Hana Edi for translating our conversation. Thanks for listening.